Welcome to the NutraCast, a production by Nutra Ingredients USA. I'm Danielle Masterson. Thank you for joining me here on the NutraCast, where we talk and share insights from inside the nutrition industry. Despite being a multi-billion dollar industry, there are no graduate degree programs from accredited academic institutions for execs in the nutrition business sector until now. The Southwest College of Naturopathic Medicine and Health Sciences recently announced its new curriculum, the Executive Master of Science in Nutrition Business Leadership Program. Here to tell us all about it is Dr. Gina Kadar, the founding dean of SCNM School of Nutrition. Welcome to the NutriCast, Dr. Kadar. Thank you, Danielle. It's, it's a pleasure to be here. So before we get into the program, tell me a little bit about your background, Gina. Sure, I'd, I'd be happy to. I have a pretty eclectic background. I would say, though, you know, nutrition and, and healthcare in general has always sort of been in central to, to my path from a very young age. I was oddly fascinated by, by these topics, even as a very young girl, and it's sort of charted the course um, that I'm on right now. And I've, I've really dedicated the past few decades to working to have an impact and, and leaving a, a meaningful legacy in both healthcare and education and, and nutrition specifically. And, you know, as I mentioned, I had sort of this very eclectic background. My, my education was quite diverse and global. I'm originally from Montreal, Canada, and I did my undergrad work there at McGill University. And you know, a lot of my studies I, took me abroad. I studied at the Sorbonne in Paris and Salamanca in, in Spain, and then here in the U.S. as well. And I think a lot of these diverse exposures helped really shape the work I'm doing today. And from there, I, I started my career as a clinical practitioner and as an entrepreneur. I was very much focused in my practice on lifestyle medicine with an emphasis on nutrition. I worked in an integrative practice setting always, so working alongside many diverse types of practitioners like cardiologists and, and different specialists where we looked at how nutrition could support and enhance patient care. And, you know, at Gosh, uh, quite a while ago now, um, a real tipping point, both professionally and personally, was um, when I lost my, my father. And um, that marked a, a huge transition in my life. And it kind of shifted my professional path into academia. And um, it was really kind of fascinating with this shift. As much as I loved being in clinical practice, I felt sort of this was a new calling. It felt like I really belonged. And so I, I quickly worked my way up the academic ranks. You know, academia is much like the military. There's different <laughs> ranks you go through as a professor. And, um, you know, had some really brilliant and impactful experiences there. I, I worked a lot in championing interprofessional education and collaboration. So in other words, working with different types of healthcare professions to see how we could collaborate more effectively to improve outcomes for patients. Um, and again, nutrition was always central to this. And I always call it kind of the great equalizer because even, you know, if different healthcare professionals debate over various different healthcare modalities, 
least we all can agree that nutrition is central to uh, supporting human health. And so it was a great way to sort of break down barriers and, and get past any sort of walls between the professions and to really cultivate beautiful collaboration. So that was always really important to me in practice and academically. And, um, you know, we did some amazing work. I, I had an incredible collaborator who was a physician and a professor over at the University of California in Irvine, their medical school. And we brought in an innovative curriculum to teach medical students about clinical nutrition and got them engaged in interprofessional learning with um, with different healthcare providers, chiropractors, acupuncturists. So really some exciting work. And um, again, nutrition was always core. I also wrote a book on the topic, A Manner of Living. And, and this was really translating a lot of the work I did clinically in practice into the pages of a book so that even though I wasn't in practice anymore and couldn't work one-on-one with patients, I could still sort of share the information, the guidance that I had shared previously in practice with the public through the pages of this book. So it was kind of an important part of that transition away from practice for me. And from there, you know, I, I've had the privilege of, of sharing my work at conferences around the world. I've been published in some wonderful peer-reviewed journals and have worked with just incredible researchers, clinicians, academics, you name it. And that sort of brings me then to, to where we're at today. And, you know, it actually all started over a, a cup of sort of artisanal coffee at a coffee shop in Tempe, Arizona with the president of SCNM as we sort of discussed the vision for the new school of nutrition. And then a few years ago, I came on board there and we established the, the school of nutrition. I the privilege of, of serving as the founding dean. And it's given me a chance to really integrate all of the knowledge, the contacts, the experiences that have accumulated over the years that has helped us build now two programs. One is our Master of Science in Clinical Nutrition. And then the other is the one we're talking about today, our Executive Master of Science in Nutrition Business Leadership. Wow. So you're coming to the school with quite a lens, like you mentioned, such a diverse background. Yes, it's been such a beautiful asset to be able to leverage so many different experiences from different spaces, from the business side, the clinical side, the academic side, to build some programs that we're incredibly proud of. And it would certainly been a team effort here. Amazing people have been involved in the creation of both of these degrees. Um, but it's it's been such a privilege to be able to, to leverage my own experiences in a way that can have such an important impact on our students and then hopefully on the, the work that they do. So yeah, tell me about this Executive Master of Science in Nutrition Business Leadership Program. If it's not obvious, it's something we're very proud of. It's, um, it's a, a brand new degree program. You know, we sort of say it's, it's a degree that was built by the industry for the industry. And, um, you know, we engage some of truly the world's leading experts from the natural products industry, some incredible thought leaders, executives, CEOs, people who have been in the trenches. And, you know, they've been so instrumental in helping us craft what this program should look like. 
And, you know, I, I like describing the program as having three pillars. So we have a focus on nutritional sciences. So students learn about vitamins, minerals, botanicals, and they learn about how the body processes these nutrients, metabolism, they learn about human health and disease and popular dietary patterns. And so the nutrition education is very central to this. Then the next pillar, we have this sort of natural products industry specific focus on regulations and practices that are really unique to this industry. And so here's where they learn about, you know, unique aspects of the supply chain that are characteristic of this industry and some, you know, creativity and sales and marketing in this space and certainly the regulations and, and the complex and ever-changing rules and regulations, both nationally and globally, that are so fundamental to this space. And then the last pillar is, is the business and leadership. And we have a beautiful focus on conscious leadership. And that ties into a, another important thread or emphasis of this program, the idea of corporate social responsibility and, and sustainability, creating and leading a company that is really walking the walk, is mindful of their impact socially, environmentally, as well as financially. So the, the curriculum kind of captures these three pillars and the program is designed for working professionals so it's uh, meant for somebody who has a day job it's a hundred percent online but while it's online there's still incredible opportunity for interaction and engagement with faculty and, and fellow students it's a quick path it's 15 months is the minimum time that students can complete it and it's over five quarters and while everything is online we have one course the executive leadership experience that is delivered in person over an intensive weekend at the end of the program in their final quarter where they can come, the students come together with their faculty, with industry leaders, and almost like a corporate retreat style experience, really get a chance to apply their learning, integrate their learning, and, and build their professional network. That's another incredibly important part of being a leader and, and effective in this industry. So a lot of really exciting and unique elements. And one of the biggest is, is this the only program like this out there? And um, this is one of a kind, it's the first of its kind, and we're excited to be able to meet the industry's need for delivering a program like this. I love all the pillars and all the focuses, especially the sustainability aspect that you mentioned, because, you know, given the, the recent UN climate report, that's something that companies, if they're not already focused on, really need to it's so true, Danielle. I mean, we're seeing this more and more in all industries, but particularly this one that's so focused on and exists to support health and wellness. And so, you know, really extending that beyond human health, but again, looking at environmental impact and broader social impact. So we think these are incredibly important things for a leader to, to understand and, and role model and prioritize um, within their company. Mm-hmm. So what feedback and insights did you gather when you were putting together this program? I noticed a lot of, you know, big names on your advisory council 
You know, it's interesting. We, we've had pretty incredible feedback. Um, you know, when I first was building the program, I, I reached out to many of these individuals and sought their guidance and input on, uh, on the program and, and what the needs would be. And, you know, many of them say that they wish a program like this existed when they first entered the industry. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. many... Um, in this space, you know, kind of learned on the job or with on-demand as needed trainings, you know, most people, and and one of the common things we heard from a lot of leaders in this space was as they're hiring new talent, it's easy to find someone maybe who has an MBA, who has the business savvy, but they lack an understanding of the regulatory or the side of the industry, their nutritional, you know, considerations. On the flip side, easy to find someone who understands the nutrition, but they don't have the leadership skill set. Or the other you know, side of it is somebody who understands the regulations, but lacks an understanding of the business or nutrition. So it was sort of this unicorn mm-hmm. <laughs> executive in the industry who would understand all of these things day one. And so the fact that this program exists, that was something that we, you know, before we launched, we went to supply side prior to the pandemic and when it was offered in person still and, you know, many other industry events and just spoke to people. And we constantly heard the same idea that this was a a gap that needs to be filled, that people are not coming in with that balanced understanding expertise of this industry. So, you know, many again said they wish something like this existed when uh, when they were first coming into the industry. Many say they wish they could take it now. And it was very interesting. We spoke with one CEO of, of a, one of the major companies in this space and, and he shared with us how important he sees this as a tool to help with succession planning and preparing the leaders of tomorrow that companies should be investing in their rising stars in their rock star employees to help prepare them for the skills the the attitude the values that a leader for tomorrow will need and and a leader for today but again the importance in succession planning and I think another really important piece of feedback we got is just the appreciation for alignment between academia and the industry that, you know, working together and collaboratively helping to make sure the students are prepared for what the industry actually needs, not just theoretical knowledge, but practical relevant information was so critical. And um, I'll actually be where we're one of the groups we're working with is the International Probiotics Association. And, you know, I'll be presenting some of the work we're doing at a probiotics congress um, that will be held in Rome later this month. So um, a lot of exciting um, feedback and, and recognition that we're seeing across the board in response to the program. Yeah. So it sounds like the program really brings all of those things together. Uh, a lot of the workshops and different things you hear about are held through, you know, there's corporations and companies that do it, but you don't really hear about it at the academic level. Right. Absolutely. You know, and it's interesting because we've been working with a lot of these groups that do offer these trainings, like from UNPA, I mentioned IPA and NSF, you know, we've worked closely with members of their team to make sure our content is current, is relevant, and 
very much in alignment with theirs. But yeah, this is the first time this type of regulatory training in particular has been integrated in an accredited master's level degree program. Mm-hmm. And I noticed you really highlight evidence-based nutrition in a lot of your marketing materials. Why was it so important to highlight evidence-based nutrition? You know, I, I really appreciate you asking that. This was really central to to the curriculum. And I, I must say for, for both our Master of Science in Clinical Nutrition and this Master of Science in uh, Nutrition Business Leadership. And, and the fact is, you know, nutrition is such a, a fascinating field. It's, it's remarkably complex. It's constantly in, evolving. I, I've been deeply immersed in nutrition for decades and I'm still constantly learning. And with this, we also see a tremendous amount of misinterpretation of misinformation out there. And, you know, we see fad diets abound, there's false claims that are coming out everywhere. And we often joke that with nutrition, it's, it's one area where somebody loses 10 pounds and then all of a sudden they proclaim themselves to be an expert and they're all over mm-hmm. social media as this, you know, <laughs> a role model and expert in, in the field of nutrition. And it's, you know, almost like somebody removing a splinter and then positioning themselves as an expert surgeon. Um, You know, (laughs) this is a complex field, right? And so we really want to help equip leaders, help equip clinicians with an understanding of how to sift through and distinguish between evidence-based fact scientifically validated, scientifically studied and proven fact versus the fiction versus that misinformation. And that's why it's so critical that we we ensure that our leaders, our students that go through this program understand, you know, we call it information literacy, the ability to really read, for example, a a scientific study and and not, you know, they're not going to understand it necessarily at the level of a research scientist, but understand how to critically appraise it, how to understand the difference or the, the meaningfulness of the conclusion. Is it transferable to other groups? Is it actually relevant to humans? Or for example, maybe it just applies in a laboratory setting and hasn't yet been translated in human studies. So really giving them a foundational understanding of how to interpret basic studies so they can use that information and translate it into high quality products. The other part is understanding to distinguish between, you know, an article that's opinion-based versus something that is truly scientifically studied, scientifically based. And, you know, with best intentions, this is a multi-billion dollar industry, right? So you have some quality, some, some products entering the industry that may not be of the highest caliber. And we want to make sure that the products that are entering the industry from graduates of our programs represent the the best of the best that really translate the best available evidence into the highest quality products so that we can have the most profound and, and helpful supportive impact on the consumers that use these products. So the evidence base is, we believe in, so, so central to smart decision-making, to smart product development, and to really be an effective leader in this space. 
Yeah. So crucial, especially given, you know, all the armchair experts and the social media influencers, uh, there really needs to be a focus on evidence. Spot on. And um, that's, that's exactly it. We want to sort of combat that misinformation and, and be sort of responsible communicators when it comes to, to, to the information that's out there and make sure all our students are equipped with the ability to do that. And it's mm-hmm. not easy. It's not easy. And so also looking back at the last couple of years with the pandemic, has the perception of nutrition and dietary supplements changed in the last couple of years? You know, I think that's a great question on the heels of the other question about evidence-based nutrition. I think the perception has definitely evolved and, you know, maybe even not just looking at the past two years, in the past decade or more, mm-hmm. um, we've really seen a change in the perception, but it's it's been hard earned. You know, it's not just a perception thing, but more, I think as we've seen this incredible emergence of of compelling, compelling scientific evidence that's published in peer-reviewed, high-quality journals that's repeatedly validating the safety, the efficacy of nutrition, of food and nutrition, of dietary supplements and supporting health and in managing disease. This evolving perception and reputation of nutrition and supplements, again, is, is well-earned and justified. And I think with the, the evidence that's coming up to support its effectiveness, it's, that's kind of allowed it to progressively gain more and more mainstream acceptance. This is a hard-earned <laughs> shift in perception that's that's warranted. Mm-hmm. And it listen, it takes it takes time. You know, many times we see in the scientific literature a study could be published 10 years ago <laughs> before it starts to slowly translate into the collective consciousness yeah. and, and be applied clinically, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so these things take time, but yeah, it's it's amazing to see the progressive acceptance, the mainstream community of of nutrition and and dietary supplements as well. Mm -hmm. And what about among, you know, the medical community? I feel like a lot of doctors have been pretty skeptical of dietary supplements. Do you think this program will help validate nutritionists among the medical community? I do. I think, you know, for one, we're, we're speaking the same language. We're saying how important it is to use evidence to, to guide clinical decisions. And in this case, to guide manufacturing, we want to make sure we're putting out products that are designed in a way that is aligned with the best available evidence out there. So I think that's a, a beautiful way to help educate the, the conventional medical community about um, the impact that these programs will have on the industry, but more importantly, that they see how the industry is prioritizing quality and responsible manufacturing practices. I would say again, you know, with the body of evidence that's emerging in many mainstream medical journals, I mean, you have medical journals like the Lancet, very conventional, traditional, rigorous medical journals that have amazing research that's being published there supporting the benefit of nutrition to support everything. I mean, there was an article, gosh, over 10 years ago now, I always think back to just raving about the impact of um, nutrition on mental health, for example. So you're seeing more and more conventional medical physicians embracing nutrition as part of their clinical care. Um, I shared, we were 
you know, as several years ago, I worked Southern California bringing clinical nutrition education to uh, medical students. This was unheard of before their, the extent of nutrition training they received was basically biochemistry mm-hmm. um, that they weren't learning about the sort of practical applied side of nutrition and, and dietary supplements. So I think we're seeing a changing, a, a significant shift. And um, again, it's, it's, it's warranted because there's more and more evidence that's just supporting the incredible efficacy of nutrition and, and key supplements and supporting human health. Mm-hmm. And that's so encouraging to hear. And I'm glad to hear that you were, you know, educating some of those medical students, because like you mentioned, they really don't receive any nutritional education. Right. You know, and it's interesting too with students, many times it's a student-led shift that the student as a consumer, as an individual is becoming more and more interested in nutrition as well. And they're demanding this from their programs. So we see it from both sides as well. Um, But overall, it's, I think, a beautiful, positive trajectory that will ultimately benefit, you know, the patient, the, the consumer at the end. And, and since we're speaking about students, I did want to talk a little bit about becoming a registered dietitian. So currently you just need a bachelor's degree, but correct me if I'm wrong, beginning in January, 2024, RDs will have to have a master's degree, right? Right. That is correct. Yes. So what does that mean for, for current registered dietitians? I mean, will they have to go back to school or how will that impact them? I mean, so it's a really interesting, we, I mentioned we have the, the two degree programs and um, the executive one, and then we have our master of science in clinical nutrition. And that program is actually geared towards nutritionists who want to pursue the certified nutrition specialist credential or the CNS. And the CNS is a designation that's similar to the RD. Um, in that both are in in most states pathways to licensure. The major difference is the RD right now is at the bachelor's level, whereas um, the CNS uh, is the candidates would require at least a master's or a doctoral degree. And so the shift we're seeing with the RD requirement increasing from bachelor's to um, to a master's level is, is not really surprising. We've, we've seen this a lot in academia and many health professional fields where the you know degrees that previously, clinically focused degrees that previously were at a bachelor's level are progressively increasing their academic standards. And I mean, I I think this is a really positive shift. I think it ultimately will help train dietitians to be that much more qualified in in delivering nutrition care. And so I think it's a positive shift. And right now, the, the way the standards are set is the focus of the master's degree isn't very prescriptive. And so we've actually seen a number of RDs enrolling in our Master of Science in Clinical Nutrition. Our our program really enhances their training because we focus in some unique areas from looking at personalized nutrition and nutrigenomics, 
Um, we offer, you know, fascinating training in, you know, understanding the microbiome, for example, and its impact on, on human health at a, a much deeper level than they would see in, in an undergrad program. And we also have a virtual health center experience that we've created. Uh, the program is completely online. And so we've created this really proprietary and unique experience that simulates clinical practice in a virtual setting. So we have RDs that are, are enrolled in that program to meet this emerging requirement. And then for RDs looking to work more in the business side of the industry, the executive uh, master of science and nutrition business leadership is the perfect fit because it gives them sort of those, the transitional skill set um, and knowledge they need to make that shift from the clinical practice into the business space. So, you know, I think overall it's, it's a positive change and we're already, like I said, seeing RDs enrolling in the master's programs to meet these, uh, these emerging requirements. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned some really exciting fields, epigenetics and the microbiome. I mean, man, people who are listening to this are probably going to get really excited to hear some of those things. So if somebody is interested, you know, where can they apply? How do they find out more information? Sure. So, I mean, for either of our programs, for the Master of Science in Clinical Nutrition or in Nutrition Business Leadership, they can speak to our incredible admissions team online at scnm.edu. Right now, our admissions deadline for our next class, our fall cohort, is coming up pretty quickly on September 17th. So um, there is still time to to apply, but anyone who's interested, I encourage them to reach out as soon as possible. After that, our next um, cohort will be in spring, so starting in April. Okay, such an exciting program built by the industry for the industry. Dr. Gina Kadar, thank you so much for coming on the NutriCast today. It is my absolute pleasure. Thank you, Danielle. If you like what you just heard, you could subscribe to the NutriCast wherever you get your podcast. You can also head to NutriIngredients-USA.com for even more Nutri-related content. Thank you for listening. I'm Danielle Masterson. As always, I'll catch you here on the NutriCast next week.